Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Is the best of two pros and a cup of Joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. So, how was it? How was your final weekend without football for months and months and months, Brady Quinn? Uh, it was it was boring, honestly. I, I was I was I think at one point I found professional pillow fighting. I saw that on TV. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a thing. I, uh, I, apparently, I didn't realize that until this past weekend. Um, so, so I watched uh, about ten seconds of that. There was a, there was some boxing on, right? There was a boxing match. I was texting with you about that. Yeah. Um, yeah it, it was just basically hanging out with the fam. You know, yeah. trying to spend as much time as possible with the fam before uh, yeah before we start having to travel and, and really just basically be glued down to a couch watching football every Saturday and Sunday. So we did have ourselves a fun little event over the weekend. Oh, yeah? What yeah. was that? Little uh, Jake Paul representing the great state of Ohio, huh? That's right. Getting it yeah. done. Getting it yeah. done. Uh, How about his brother, by the way, coming to see him? <laughs> he, he, left, mean, he left the WWE event SummerSlam in Detroit. It was the first match of their pay-per-view, or premium live event is what they call it now. And uh, he hopped on a private jet after his match, didn't even shower, flew straight to Dallas, and got there in time to be able to walk out with him and watch uh, watch his pretty awesome. beat Nate, uh, Nate Diaz. Yeah, pretty awesome. It also helped that the fight uh, started well after midnight Eastern time. There's also right. that. Yeah. I mean, come on. What are we doing here? Let's, you know. I mean, that's how it always used to be. Uh, like, I remember every main event back in the day, like Tyson, Holyfield, like all that. You had to stay up late to be able to watch. I didn't realize that the difference in that until I watched a pay-per-view a fight. I think it might have been a UFC fight or it could have been a boxing. But when I lived in South Carolina, the difference between everything ending at 1 a.m. Eastern time and everything ending at about 10 p.m. on the West Coast – drastic because on the west on the west coast you finish up 9 45 10 o'clock 
Then you go out to the bars. You hop on some more liver lube. You start you know, cracking a couple of jokes. And it turns into a fun night of three hours of fights, three hours at the bar. It's a fun night. Instead, on the East Coast, all you got is the three hours of the fights. And then you got to go home because most people are doing last call. It's unfortunate. Got to be honest. It's unfortunate. And most people have like a watch party for it too, though. So you're kind of out partying while you're there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I prefer the West Coast. Well, let me ask you this. W- would this have been a fight that was worthy of a, of a big party for it? Uh, yeah, I think. I mean, look, the fight wasn't awful. It, no. and, and people could say whatever they want and dismiss it and say, well, it's Jake Paul and Logan Paul and they're not. Fi-. Look, they're legitimate athletes. All right. They, these guys, it's not like Jake Paul can't fight at all. All right. It, it's not like he's Tim Anderson. No, he's, he's proven. <laughs> oh, jeez. Sorry. I didn't know my mic was on. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Hard right hand by Ramirez. <laughs> by the way, we will be hearing one of the great calls of all time coming up later on uh, here this hour. Uh, just a, a tremendous call uh, later huh. this hour. But I, I just look at it. I go, good for these guys. And, and the fact that this fight between Jake Paul and Nate Diaz – has a chance to outdo the Crawford Spence from a week earlier, which is the modern day Pacquiao Mayweather that did six hundred fifty thousand buys. I'm I'm fascinated to see how many people bought Jake Paul Nate Diaz. Like I'm really curious because the crowd was electric, man. People were fired up about it. It looked like it was a sellout in Dallas, and so just to see uh, the whole presentation, I I, th- I think it's gotten better and better. I think he's gotten better and better. What it turns into, who knows? But Look, uh, there's a $10 million offer on the table to Nate Diaz to do an MMA fight now. So there's not like they're throwing around chump change. People are getting No, paid. I mean, it, look, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, those guys are going to be able to get whoever they want um, to come fight them and, and you know box them and, and because they can draw the interest, right? They, they can get the money. They can draw the interest of, of fans and, and people for pay-per-view. And they've been able to figure out that model. They've been able to – you know, help kind of bring back boxing to a degree. Now, for, for boxing enthusiasts, they may not love it that they've got an outsider who's come in and is trying to take up the sport, but you got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, he, he does work his tail off. Uh, he, he wisely chooses his opponents, which, let's be real, it's not like the boxing community doesn't do the exact same thing to build up a fighter's record before he gets a title shot. 100%. Okay? Promoters have always done this. So, like, let's, let's get off our high horse here, okay? He's doing something very similar. He's enticing guys who don't have a you know a boxing background, but maybe a fighting history or background, to try to come take him on. And and as he's gotten better and and as you know grown in the profession, uh, he's he's fighting more legitimate fighters, I, I guess you you could say. So uh, I am curious to see you know if you know when things will will get to a point where he's got on some um, more legitimized guys in, in the boxing world, and it's not guys who are you know mixed martial art. Uh, artists who are trying to come over and, and box for the first time. But, look, it was an entertaining fight to a degree. You got the sense, though, that and, – and maybe this is more the concern I have is, you know, Nate Diaz is a showman. He's one of the most fun um, mixed martial artists to watch fight, although there was a little, you know, showmanship that came along with it. And, and at times I kind of was watching it thinking, is he really trying to knock him out or is this more just like exhibition bout, right? right? And, and, I, and I don't know that, you know – 
behind the scenes there's not a wink not agreement like hey let's make sure this goes the way we, we hope it's going to go like i think that for people that haven't seen a lot of nate diaz fights him and his brother nick diaz are, are legends They're in awesome. the ufc it's so much fun to watch neither one of them has won a title like neither one of them was a ufc champion but the reason they're legends is because they would do stuff like that it would be in yeah. the middle of the fight they would call it the stockton slap where in the yep. middle of a fight they would just slap a guy it's <laughs> like wait what they can't really do that, but they would just do it. Nate Diaz had a guy in a triangle, which is a submission where you're on your back and your legs are wrapped around his neck and his shoulder, and it's 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 a choke, and it's you know one of the oldest you know submissions in in jujitsu and MMA. Tua probably did it when he was taking jujitsu this offseason to try and recover from concussions. Uh, still can't get any clarity as to whether or not it was judo or jujitsu. But point being, Nate Diaz strapped one of those on a guy. And in the middle of the fight, as he was getting ready to make the guy tap, just threw up two middle fingers. <laughs> it's like, for just, that's just what they do. And right. they don't think they've ever lost a fight. Even if they technically lose a fight, if they got taken down a bunch, in their eyes and in their mind, they still won because they won while the fight was standing. Right. Like, that's just that's just the way they're they... They're tough as nails, Yeah, too. they're awesome. I mean, anyone's awesome. watching their fights, it's it's a bloodbath. It really is usually. And, and anyway, look, the, the, the fight was what it was. Um, it, it, you know, I, I didn't really expect to see Jake Paul get knocked down or have him not win. He was a heavy favorite going into it. The old meat wagon asked me before we placed a bet. He's like, what are you thinking for this? He's like, why is Jake Paul such a heavy favorite? I was like, well... He's a legitimate boxer, professional boxer now, and Nate Diaz is in his first professional fight, and I think there's a pretty strong indication that these fights are supposed to go a certain way. And so, like the meat wagon would do, he uh, he bet he bet on he bet on Nate Diaz. So. <laughs> what, by what did he get it at? Like plus three sixty or something Probably like that? Probably something yeah. like that. He he really didn't share much more information. Yeah, so. and that was the other thing. It wasn't like Nate Diaz was was going to hurt him. They're all about output, and they yeah. out pace and out cardio everybody do the diaz brothers but they're yeah. not they're not one punch knockout artists they've had a couple in their career i think uh uh nick diaz knocked out robbie lawler early in his career but those were with four ounce gloves in in boxing i mean you're what 10 ounce gloves 12 ounce gloves it just it wasn't like he was going to knock him out so it went the way it went but all in all entertaining fight and uh you know big night for the paul brothers big know? night for the paul brothers they get the big win there, there's some other big wins over this past weekend yeah right? it's for talking huge about college wins. football real huge wins um not by the Pac-12, though. Uh, definitely not by the Pac-12. That is that is not a big win for the Pac-12, but a big win for some of the other conferences who have let the Pac-12 kind of, you know, uh, saw its own foot off and try and walk around afterwards. And you've got, you know, the Big 12 and you've got the Big 10 that are grabbing a bunch of teams. Somebody's got to save Oregon State. There's nothing better than betting on late night games in Corvallis on a Saturday right. night while you're waiting for Hawaii hey, to kick Pullman off. Pullman, too. Uh, our, our good friends up up there in Pullman, Washington, um, Washington State, you know, Oregon State, both really unique, awesome places. And, and you feel for the student athletes because th- that's the unfortunate part that's gotten taken out of their hands is there's only four teams left in the Pac-12 right now. And if you're a coach, a player who's a part of any of those athletic programs, uh, you're concerned because you went there thinking you're going to be part of a, a Power Five conference or at least a part of the Pac-12, which is a more legitimate conference. And, and now I'm not sure if they try to 
take teams from the Mountain West, if they get absorbed by the Mountain I mean, at this point, the Mountain West has more power than the Pac-12 does. Yeah. And it's, so, it, you know, they, they run the risk of losing the rest of the teams that are in the conference, maybe to the Pac-12, maybe not, or, or somewhere else. But either way, it's, it's not a good position to be in if you're one of those four schools. Just to see what's happened to the Pac-12, and this isn't an indictment on everybody because there's a lot of people who are passionate about playing for their school or passionate about their alma mater who really care and you know let's just call it we'll we'll just keep it at football football means a lot to them but there is a reality and people out here on the west coast can get pissed about this all they want they can get upset about this but this is a fact and we've talked about it it just matters more in other parts of the country And this is a microcosm of what has been an issue to where the interest level. Look, you you do big noon kickoff. You go to stadiums that are packing 100,000 people there. Right. You go to certain places in the Pac-12 and it's like, eh, that's cool. Like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe we're fired up about it. Maybe we're not. And as somebody who was born and raised in Southern California, I didn't really get it until I went and saw college football elsewhere. And then you go to the SEC and you go to some of these other places and you realize it's on another level. And it's why when COVID hit, look, you had what Justin Fields was was out marching and protesting, trying to get a season back. You had uh, Greg Sankey in the SEC trying to come up with solutions and coming up with plans. The ACC had a plan. Notre Dame had a plan. Like everybody had a plan. And the Pac-12 was like, hold on. Everybody wait, like hold on here. And you've got players in and around the Pac-12 that are looking around going, we'd like to play. Can we get an opportunity? And just from the top all the way to the bottom, it just felt like the beginning of the end. And here we are. they got four teams left as the season's approaching. So after this upcoming year, who the hell knows what's going to happen to the conference? That approach you're mentioning, that like let's wait. We don't want to be a first mover in that, right? That not only displayed itself during COVID, it displayed itself with the media rights deal before that. We talked about, you know, Larry Scott back in, what was it, 2017? And, and even, you know, this year with George Klevkoff, like and the way he had handled those negotiations, letting the Big 12 get to a media rights deal before him, which then limits the amount of windows you can even be in. And, and really your leverage, too, if those networks already have another conference. But that strategy and not prioritizing football, which is ultimately what you're tapping into, was ultimately the demise of the Pac-12. And, and, and people who are Pac-12 enthusiasts can challenge me on this, but what you said is true. And, and I think whether it's Kirk Herbstreet and Game Day or, or me and anyone else on our crew at Big Noon Kickoff, what a big new kickoff? you do get a, big, a different feel when you go across the country and see these different places where football is a way of life. And, and football has been very fruitful to many of the universities who've embraced it. And instead of, you know, trying to promote yourself as the Conference of Champions and how many Directors' Cup trophies you've won, which have traditionally been something like the Pac-12 and Stanford in particular have been really competitive in, you've missed the boat on the economics of how this is all going to work. And I think a lot of people who are frustrated with what's happening in college sports are saying, well, this is unfair to the student-athletes, and this is all about a money grab. Well, okay, but you could make that argument with anything in America. It's a free market. Anytime a company grows, scales, sells out, right, well, it was a money grab, right? What well, was it really about what they were doing, what product they were producing, what service they were providing, or was it about money? It, it's always about money. 
And the problem with the Pac-12 is they didn't want to prioritize one specific sport like the SEC, like the Big Ten, and some of the others have done because they understood the revenue model. And so what becomes difficult now, and what a lot of people who are upset about me or anyone else saying that it's okay, it was a money grab, is understanding what's coming down the pipeline. There's a world that exists where football, men's and women's basketball, which are the revenue-driving sports, aren't a part of these schools. Yeah. Hypothetically speaking, you could make the case that they could be looked at as a minor league or professional sport where they're licensing back the rights to use the logo and the, the mascot, the trademark, all these things, back to the school. And so then the question becomes, well, if they're no longer considered student-athletes and they're in this professional world, which there's a lot of moving parts to get to that point, what happens to the rest of the sports? What happens to the rest of the Olympic sports? And, and who's going to pay for them? If you don't have that revenue coming in from the revenue-driving sports in football and men's and women's basketball, you're running at a deficit. And you're now putting more pressure on the school to figure out how they're going to fund those. And so they either have to drop those programs and they become club sports, which are privately funded through donors, or the university has to come up with other ways of being able to, and maybe from the licensing and trademark fees, et cetera, that they take from that, that would fund those sports. But they may have to drop some sports. And then you have to factor in Title IX into all of this and how you go about supplying equal scholarships because, you know, for, for at least for women's sports, you have 85 less scholarships now that are no longer there that you have to match on the women's sports side with football not being there. So there, there's so many different moving parts and questions that come up. But it's, it's crazy to me when I hear people talk about how, oh, this is, you know, the greed and money. And oh, okay, I, I understand that, but... Do you want these sports to survive? Exactly. Because if they're going to survive, these universities had to find a way of being able to not only remain competitive, but provide the student-athletes with what they need in order to be able for their scholarship, and their travel, the expenses, everything else. And so this is the decision they were kind of forced into because of the lack of leadership of university presence, in particular in the Pac-12, of Larry Scott. So that's what's got us here, but... People who are sitting there, like, you know, condemning the fact it's a money grab. Okay, <laughs> show me, show me right. somewhere where it's not. Right. Like, show me some industry in the United States where it's not a money grab. You know, it's a, that's a money grab. How could they? By the way, can you give me a two dollar quick pick on the one point five mega millions that's going on? Everything is a money grab. There, it, that, that's the whole point. But my my favorite part about just the Pac twelve network and all that. I, so last year, remember when USC played Oregon State early in the season? It was yes. a, a really great good game. game. Great game. Great game. Oregon and, State almost pulled that thing off yes. for him. Ridiculous throw by Caleb Williams. So I, I just remember the hoops that I had to jump through just to be able to watch that game. And I live in California and I couldn't find the game. And I had to, like, you, you got to go to this and go to. And I'm thinking to myself, you've got two undefeated teams. One of them is seventh in the country. And you've got to go through all of this just to be able to watch. That wouldn't happen in the Big Ten. That wouldn't happen in the SEC. It just, it was so small time, nickel and dime. And it was a phenomenal game between USC and, and, and Oregon State in Corvallis that went down to the wire. 
it just none of that stuff happens in these other places. Like if Alabama's seventh in the country and they're playing another undefeated team from the conference, I know where I'm going to be able to watch it. I know when it's going to be on. Same with the Big Ten, but it just felt like that was the Pac-12 and that was a microcosm for the Pac-12 and what was soon to be the end of the Pac-12. Which is now? Are we calling it the Pack Four? By the way, is that what we're going to call it? Four Four Pack probably yeah, sounds. A yeah. What better. are we doing? <laughs> so, I, think, I think I think at this point we need to put those four teams ahead of the Pack or whatever comes after that. The Four right. Pack. I'm just saying, maybe the Four Pack probably sounds better at this point. I, I don't mean to make light of it or joke about it. Um, I, I, as, as I said before, I do feel for all the student athletes and the coaches. But but as we also portrayed in the first hour. You know, when, when I was at least comparing the Big 12 and what those teams that have now moved to the Big 12 and what their, their travel schedule looks like, it's not as drastically different as you would have thought. Now, again, for Oregon, Washington, USC, and UCLA, those schools are going to be much more impacted by their travel heading to the Big 10. It's a different conversation. But the, but the difference with that is those schools are also getting compensated more. Now, maybe not Oregon and Washington because of when they got in. Eventually they will, though, um, once they get to the new TV media rights deal. But at, at this juncture, Oregon and Washington made a decision where they feel like that was in their best interest moving forward in order to supply the necessary funding to the student-athletes and, and keep their pro- pro- programs intact. And it, it's hard to have an issue with that uh, because of such bad leadership that you saw from the Pac-12. And so, it, you know, again, some people are, are going to express concern for these student athletes. And I think that there is a concern for baseball and softball and volleyball and all these other sports and how it's going to work out. I, I, I trust the people who are involved in this, that being able to put together a, a plan that won't be quite as burdensome. And I also would say to a lot of people out there that our recollection, the, the people who are my age, older people who are largely speaking out against this, that have issues with it they've apparently missed on what's happened in academia. There's a lot of stuff online now, man. All these schools have adjusted, especially in undergrad, to being online. And so that they can make a lot of the adjustments they need to with online curriculum and courses in order to satisfy the degree requirements. And so it's not as big of a concern as I think it would have been had we not gone through COVID and had all these changes to how, what curriculum looks like now. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Hymns Sex Shoes and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hymns has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex choose are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. So Eddie mentioned the uh, the U.S. women's national team. And, yeah. uh, Did you watch? Uh, yeah, I saw some of it. Oh, did you? It's Are you a, sure about that? Yeah, it's interesting because Carly Lloyd made some, you know, some comments about their behavior following their previous game. And oh, got, the draw versus Portugal? Yeah, and she got buried for it. I mean, people went after By who? Her. Well, just, you know, people on the uh, the U.S. women's national team, people in the media. You're talking just, about former teammates. Yeah, well, t- people uh, that just were not happy about what she had to say and just felt like uh, she was going a little bit too hard in the paint. And then, um, but it's okay. Everything was fine because uh, Megan Rapino uh, must've been aiming at somebody else's net. Maybe somebody was holding up a, a net in the, in the crowd and that's what she was. Well, I, I mean, it, you wouldn't be surprised too, if uh, she was expecting someone to move the net for her yeah, to be able to make that goal. It's uh, it's yeah. just, you know, it is, it is funny how here we are. And the, the, the vibe from this team just felt different from other teams in the past. Well, let, me, let me just say this. They weren't a team. And, and this isn't like me trying to be critical. Like, I've, I've watched a, a ton of their games, watched a ton of them play, and, and the stats would back that up. You know, that they, they didn't pass as often to one another. That was one of the stats that kind of came out from the group play. I, I, I did think this, this most recent, you know, match was the best they'd played the entire uh, tournament, if you will. They just couldn't finish. They had no attack. And obviously, Megan Rapino was a part of that. The PK situation was, I, I, I don't know. I mean, again, I, I'm, I've never played soccer at that high of a level. I would think common sense would tell you, and clearly the goal or objective isn't to blow it past the goal, right? It's not to miss. I understand that. But you also have to at least put it on net, right? Like, if you're going to take an opportunity or a shot, like, at least give it a chance. I mean, hers didn't even have a shot or a chance. 
And I felt like O'Hara was in a tough spot because she got subbed in late and was obviously part of it. But I'll tell you, their, their goalie, Nair, is, is a, she's amazing. Not only does she have an amazing game, but to go in two and hit a PK herself and just add to it. I mean, she gave them every opportunity to be able to win that game. By the way, penalty kicks are just such a pain in the ass. What a brutal way to lose. You, you run around for hours, and then it just turns into, all right, who can score and, and which goalie can guess right? It, I, I kind of like it, though. Like it, it adds to a lot of suspense. I, so I had all three of my girls up early watching it. And and, and reason being was this. My, my oldest daughter had literally played soccer the day prior. And they were doing a drill. She, you know, was you know taking shots on the goal. Wasn't making it right. She just turned seven this past weekend, and she started crying. She got upset, and so I started talking. I'm like, "Why are you getting upset?" And she's the type that's she tries to be a perfectionist. She wants to always, you know, she felt embarrassed. She wants to always do everything right. And she asked me after Megan Rapino missed her shot, why she's smiling. <laughs> that's what she said to oh, me. Oh, good for her. And I, and I go. Sloan, I was like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a good point and it's a good question. I said, now the first thing I'll say to you is she's not crying just because she missed the shot. But I, but I go, I have no idea why she's smiling <laughs> right now. I go, daddy can't tell you. Because if it was me, I would be so mad at myself. I would have a hard time keeping my composure. And, and, you know, so we talked a while and had one of those moments. But, you know, besides the fact that they thought the Sweden jerseys, they were more attracted to the yellow colors. So at times my, my three-year-old was rooting for Sweden. And we're like, no, 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 wrong team, wrong team. We're rooting, we're rooting for the U.S. Um, it, it's just explaining to them because they're like, you know, why, why are they crying? Why, why are they so upset? And I was trying to explain the situation to them. But it, but it got me to the point of it felt like this team – which had, you know, time and time again, so much success, got maybe to the point where some of the, some of the, the players weren't as focused on continually staying on top. Like other things became more of the priority, and ultimately that led to their worst performance in U.S. women's national team history. And really, you know, two, what, scoreless games over the past two, which has been as bad as it was, the limited amount of goals they've scored in general. I mean, if you watch the first game versus Vietnam, and I don't care if you're like, well, Vietnam wasn't much of anything and they had players out. It doesn't matter. They didn't even come close to dominating that game as they should have. Yeah. And, it, like, the penalty kick miss. So Roberto Baggio is one of the all-time great Italian soccer players. I mean, like, top top of the list, like one of the all-time greats. If you just Google search Roberto Baggio, one of the first things that pops up, if not the first, is missed penalty kick in the World Cup. It changes the way that that guy's entire career. Like he's right. viewed differently because of that one miss in a penalty kick in the World Cup in '94 against Brazil. Never looked at the same. And Megan Rapinoe's just kind of smiling. Eh, whatever. We'll get him next and, and, time. And, and, and that's really. Unf- and by the way, it wasn't like that one kick was what you know ultimately led to it. No. There's more miss, right? There's more misses that that hurt us, whether it's Smith and O'Hara. But my my whole point is, to, or to your point, that is how she will be remembered. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I feel like well, I I think there's also a lot of people that just don't like some of the other stuff going on with them. You know, just no, sort of and, the, and, the political well, and even an answer she it. gave to like what her favorite memory was you know, from her time playing as she retired. And she's obviously had an incredible career. And I think her response was equal pay. That's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. And as a competitor, you know, you're thinking about 
Wait, there wasn't a time with your teammates. You're not. You can't remember like a, a you know winning the World Cup and having this sort of success. And priorities. Instead, it's man. equal pay. Yeah, like, it's priorities. You know. It's, well, it's the way that works. Maybe maybe that speaks to you know maybe that speaks to why they they didn't have as much success this year. And now it is time for the progressive play of the day. And another hustle double right over the bag at first. Now Hosey and. Square off. They're fighting. They're swinging. Down goes Anderson. Down goes Anderson. Ramirez went in with a head first slide. Hosey never gets upset about anything. They came up chewing. Anderson squared off. Hosey decked him. It's a five to one Chicago lead, but from the dugouts and the bullpens congregated around second base. You never see Jose Ramirez get upset like that. Guardians Radio Network Amazing. on the call. The great Tom Hamilton. Look, I would. I mean, you got Howard Cosell, Jim Lampley, Barry Tompkins. Yeah. Man, oh man. Tom that, Hamilton. So- what really, what really was awesome about it, outside of even Tom's call, which was perfect, kudos <laughs> to him for capturing that moment, is it, it turned quickly into a boxing match for about <laughs> five seconds. And the second base umpire, he almost looked like Mills Lane out yeah. there, the way he kind of backed up. He was like, <laughs> at first he tried to stop him, and then he got into a stance where he was like almost like officiating oh, it. It was it was bizarre, <laughs> but it, but you had to go back and watch it a couple of times to see it and the stance he took. But he looked like a, a typical, uh, a, a, seriously, like flashbacks of like Mills Lane back in back in the day, uh, officiating some of those boxing matches. Yeah, so. look, I mean, uh, not the greatest technique in the world, but. Jose Ramirez just kind of winged a uh, an overhand right and uh, yeah. caught Anderson and Anderson went down and was wobbled oh, and yeah. uh, he was he was although I will say this this is great for the city of Cleveland finally you get your revenge for the Jordan Craig Elo shot you know finally it's about time you guys got your oh revenge. this is the moment this is the moment it took all this time but it's about time you got your revenge I really so. thought Tim Anderson with the first punch he threw he might have clipped Jose Ramirez. Because Ramirez's blow was more like glancing. But yeah, man, Tim yeah. Anderson took that thing and he could he could barely stand up. <laughs> what a great call in the yeah. moment, too. Like, that was amazing. <laughs> it's a great call. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Listen to comeback stories. I'm Darren Waller. You may know me best as a tight end for the New York Giants. You may also know me for my story of overcoming addiction and alcoholism. You may have heard a few of my tracks as an artist or a producer. Uh, And you may have seen the work that I've done through my foundation. And you may know my friend and co-host Donnie Starkins as well. He's a mindfulness teacher, a yoga instructor, a life coach, a man fully invested in seeing people reach their fullest potential. And we've come to form this platform of comeback stories to really highlight not only our own adversity, but adversity in the lives of well-known guests with amazing stories. Catch us every week on Comeback Stories on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, is this like uh, the official Family Fest weekend that just passed? It seems like a lot of teams were doing family night where they were uh, gathering players and, you know, practicing in stadiums around the league. Is that like a, that's the thing to do? Like, yeah, well, you typically have a scrimmage, right? Some sort of, you know, live game scrimmage scenarios in the stadium to get, especially the rookies or new guys, just used to the surroundings. And uh, you invite the family out. The fans out, all that good stuff, and uh, it helps prepare you. Or I, I guess I, sh- I should say it's the next step in, in getting ready for the season. Obviously, after this, now it's it's the preseason. You know, preseason games. So it, it's what a lot of teams do. Uh, I think we talked about Jordan Love and, and the Packers early. I, I think they just had theirs. They probably have one of the cooler ones, at least from what I've heard about. Not not having played for, it, but having a, a brother-in-law and, and a sister and all that who'd been a part of a number of them, they always had a really good time at that. Are you talking about the great A.J. Hawk? That's right. Yeah. Yep. Our Kentucky Derby insider. Yes, uh, that's that's correct. The, the run back uh, an analyst for the Kentucky Derby yeah, every year. Who, unfortunately, he has not been on to, uh, to recap the Kentucky Derby uh, the past couple of times, from my understanding. Well, that's, yeah, from well, you're a part of the show, so you know. But yeah. that had a little something to do with something that you did, Jonas. What did I do? 
Well, first off, you outed yourself as a Bears fan, which you didn't take very kindly. I didn't out myself as a Bears fan. That's you, then, you spreading misinformation about me again. That's not true. But uh, then then meeting you at the actual uh, our, our charity golf outing that's coming up here shortly, the, the Blue Jacket golf outing, uh, upon up, meeting jacket? you, it kind of yeah, kind of creeped him out, I think. <laughs> that's such a lie. Like, you, <laughs> you really uh, misrepresent me all the time on this show, and it, it's borderline insulting. You know, if I, if I wasn't, if I didn't have those Midwestern roots, you know, I would have been insulted and offended, but I'm yeah, not, yeah. you know. Mama Illinois, we get it. Yeah. Thick skin here. Uh, but what what would you, see, I was thinking about this, the spring game versus family night. I got, I got, I think I'd go spring game. Spring game for yeah, sure. Yeah. It just feels yeah. like it's more competitive. It feels like uh, guys are more likely to really lay, uh, lay the lumber to each other. You know, just, uh, there's a hundred thousand people paying a $5 cover charge to watch spring football in Columbus or Tuscaloosa. Like that's what I, I, I would prefer to go to a spring game than like a family fest. I think, I, I think there's, you know, because it's not so close to the season, there's a little less pressure on the spring game and what it is and how it, you know what the outcome is or whoever performs or anything else it's just it feels like it's a little more light and not only for the player but for the coaches for everyone else involved you know so I, to me it's always a little more fun you know with the family night before the season you know these guys are are in camp right they're getting ready to, to tune things up for the season so it's it's not like you can truly kind of relax and, and have a good time after the event Whereas, and you know, we had some of the best parties after the spring game in college that I can recall. Really? Oh yeah. Like I mean, you're, you have to you have to understand this too. The spring game is like after finals. So once once you play that spring game, man, you are done. Like guys are moving out of the dorms. They're they're going back home for the summer, or they're going back for a period of time before they come back. So. Most guys would be getting after it pretty hard. Oh man, I get to see you and Jeff Samarja. Just ripping like uh, natty lights through a beer bong that was like uh, twenty five feet high. You just yeah, like I somebody... mean, natty light would have been or, or natty ice if you were a little more bang for your buck. That would that would have been the, the beer of choice. Yeah. <laughs> so we're calling it bang for your buck with natty yeah, ice. I mean, you a little more. That's uh... more ABV, you know? <laughs> yeah. Before IPAs, natty ice rolled out, and there was also bud ice. Remember bud ice back in the day? And you had one sip of that, and you yeah. said, "Yeah, that's, that's a little another. more expensive though." Yeah, you know, we had to, we had to keep with the natty. The, the natty brand. Uh, well, speaking of the preseason and getting ready for the season, apparently uh, Mike McCarthy thinks that, you know, it's looking like Dak Prescott's not going to partake in any of this preseason shenanigans. Like, he's not going to partake does, in any of that. Does it make sense for him to? No. I mean, he's, he's got an injury history. He's paid a ton of money. And, and you know where you're going to get out of him. I know, you know, Kellen Moore is now with the Chargers, but Mike McCarthy's still there. Brian Schottenheimer was there last year. He's taken over as the play caller. I, I just I don't know that it's worth the risk of, of putting Dak out there and potentially getting him hurt. Yeah, I just I look at it and I, I would be surprised if he did play. Like I, I'd be surprised. I know Aaron Rodgers has said that he wants to to play a little bit in the preseason, which I, I guess I could kind of understand. He's in a new spot, but I, it would surprise me if Dak Prescott did play. And I think Dallas and Mike McCarthy has an understanding for what they're trying to do. I mean, he so he threw a bad interception in practice. Big deal. Uh, it's it's not as if you know they're trying to protect the guy. And look, when he was a rookie, I think that's when everybody started to feel maybe a little bit better about Dak Prescott because he did play well in the preseason, and so he's past that point. Bryce Young, uh, Frank Reich said that Bryce Young is going to start the preseason. I'm curious to see how long he actually plays. Like, 
Like, what what does that look like? What would Frank Reich need to see from Bryce Young as a rookie quarterback for him to go? All right, that works. Now we're just going to roll into the season and and just get this thing going week one against the Falcons. Like, I'm curious to see what Bryce Young and uh, what his playing time looks like in the preseason. I mean, kind of same thought there, though, too. I mean, you drafted him number one overall. He's going to be the guy. I, I know you want to give him some live game reps. Um, and, and given his size is the only really concern that you may have. You know, I mean, I think coming into the draft, there's no question about anything else, anything else about him or his game. It was just like, he's not the biggest guy. And so you probably want to limit him and the amount of live hits that he's going to take because I, I don't know that he's going to need a, a ton of reps. I'm telling you, this dude is a prodigy. I, I've said this about him since I first started watching tape of him. There's some quarterbacks who just naturally have instincts and skills that translate to playing quarterback. Bryce Young has it. And so, you know, I know people are going to sound like I'm um, being overly complimentary of him right now, but NFL fans are going to get a chance to watch and see if they didn't have a chance to watch him during his time at Alabama. And I think this year, too, could be, you know, without him, could be an indication of where Alabama's at when it's all said and done and what that looks like. So, um, it, it may make sense to get him some reps. I'm, I'm sure Frank Reich wants to see him play. He's a former NFL quarterback. He gets it. Josh McCown's in there, too. He gets it. All, all these guys who are part of that staff want to see it. But if he's not their quarterback, what real chance do they have? Yeah. I mean, this is why Matt Rule's not there, because they couldn't find a quarterback. Now you get a new head coach. You have the number one overall pick. You, you trade it up to take him, and you want to put him in a meaningless exhibition game? Potentially subject him to risk. I just I'm starting to not see really much reward or value in these preseason games any longer. And and, and on the note of Rodgers wanting to play, he almost got hurt in practice the other day with, a, with I think it was Jermaine Johnson who had stepped on his foot, ankle, something. I mean, it's getting to the point where, and I know it sounds like I'm being overly cautious, but what are the Jets' chances if Rodgers isn't their quarterback? Right. You're not talking about them or looking at them the same. The, the odds drop significantly. And you can make the same case for Carolina. If it's not going to be Bryce Young, you might say, well, hey, Andy Dalton's a very capable quarterback. I mean, at least that's how I feel. But it's, it's still not the future of what this could be, and you don't want to you know, hurt his or, or impact his career before it's even gotten started. So I guess they had a bad practice on Saturday, did the Carolina Panthers. And so Bryce Young was asked about it afterwards. And he sounds like, and I'll, I'll read the quote, but he, he already sounds like he's been in the league 10 years. So he said, a quote, as a competitor, we all get frustrated, but we have to do a better job of bringing stuff back and really stepping back and making sure that even if it's not our day for one period or one play, we're able to flip the script. We didn't do a good enough job today of that, but that's what training camp is for. Sounds like he's been there 10 years guy just got there was 22 but you have to understand too he's it comes from modern day which is arguably one of the biggest high schools in the country as far as a powerhouse for football he, he was the you know leader of of that school uh he goes to alabama which is arguably one of the biggest brands most storied you know teams and and is the quarterback there wins a heisman and, and then he now has, has elevated himself to the NFL level. This is nothing new for this young man. It's just the next step in his progression as a quarterback I now love playing him. professionally. Every, every time I hear him talk, I go, I, I don't see, barring injury, I don't see how this isn't successful for Carolina and Bryce Young. 
Yeah, I, I, I hope that's the case because I feel the same way. I think he's a, he's a special player and, and he's a special person. You know, anyone who's been around him, he he just does everything the right way. He he really does with the way he conducts himself. I mean, so what are we thinking here? You know, a little little plus. I, you know, I'll, I'll put it this way: of the year. I, well, rookie of the year. I just, I'd throw some money on that right now. I would even say, and especially with the signing of Justin Houston, which they, I believe they just signed him too, yeah, to a one year deal. Yeah. I think the Carolina Panthers are like that playoff team. That I'd like the odds on that, and I may even throw something on them to win the division. Okay, so let, let me go ahead. Uh, you know, the, the only thing that stands in the way is the Saints' schedule is so easy. Now I know you're going to say, "Well, wouldn't the Carolina Panthers be similar?" It, it is, but I just the way it shapes out the uh, the Saints' schedule is, is pretty easy. Maybe even a little easier in Carolina's. So, what would you say the odds are on the Panthers to win, uh, to make the playoffs? I have the to odds make here, the playoffs of DraftKings. Just if to they're make any the higher than plus four hundred, I would be surprised. Okay, well, it's plus two hundred five. But when, but when it comes to a lot of these to make the playoffs odds, there's nothing really drastic. But they are overwhelmingly the money is on them to not make the playoffs. So they're minus two forty five. I mean, yeah. okay, go go through your list of playoff teams in the NFC right now. Okay, let me just like, uh, outside of Philly, and some would say San Francisco. Right, we're expecting Brock Purdy to be back. Be fine. Yeah. So let's say you have those two teams. Name the other five. Uh, so Dallas, Philly, San Francisco. I'll go Detroit. Seattle. And you have two more. Yeah, like I I would say I who's going to win the go South? The Giants. Is, you could say someone whoever's going to win the I, South. I don't, I don't think the Giants are making the playoffs. Um okay. I, so I would say yeah, the Saints and then I think it's going to come down to if you had to go final wild card in the NFC, I think it's going to come down to Minnesota, Chicago and Carolina. <laughs> That's what I believe. With Seattle maybe making some noise, but I, I'm yeah. not. I'm not as high on Seattle or the Giants this year as being playoff teams again in the NFC. By the way, as excited as I am to see the AFC figure itself out, because there's just so many good quarterbacks in, in that conference, I'm also excited to see like how the NFC plays out. Like you're going to have some surprises big oh, yeah. time this year. Like t- teams. That's why Carolina does make sense because look, you do have a veteran coach. You've got the rookie of the year that we're already calling our shot. And by the way, if, if anybody that is doubting the future's ability on this show, Brady Quinn, after watching, speaking of spring games, an Alabama spring game a few years back, called his shot on Bryce Young to win the Heisman. You could have gotten it at ten to one if you listened to that show. That was that was during, I believe in the height of COVID and you were already calling your shot that Bryce Young was going to win the Heisman and he did at 10 to one. So we're already calling our shot. Bryce Young is going to be the rookie of the year. You can get it on DraftKings at five to one right now. Bijan Robinson is your favorite at plus 275. It'll be Bryce. Yeah. I'm not buying it. I think it's Bryce Young as well too. And, and that's the way this thing's going to roll. And there is a decent shot that the Carolina Panthers could be a playoff team. Which, if that's the case, aren't we starting to talk about Frank Reich as maybe uh, coach of the year? Yeah, why oh, not? There it goes. Yeah, I mean, bring if, it all together. Listen, if we're going to do this, let's go all the way. Let's go yeah. all the way. And if you want coach of the year odds on Frank Reich of the Carolina Panthers, who's probably thrilled that he doesn't have to deal with Jim Irsay and Jim Irsay's whale rescue movement or whatever's going on there in Indianapolis, you can get Frank Reich at twenty-five to one right now for coach of the year. 
By the way, can I get a quick shout out as I start thinking about like offense coordinators and assistants that could be up for it? Thomas Brown, their OC. If if Bryce Young's having you know rookie of the year, maybe he's a part of it. Um, however, you go about you know dividing up that that staff. Um, but did you see Sean Jefferson? He was at, he, he's their wide receivers coach. He was out in full pads, <laughs> like shoulder pads, no, he helmet, wasn't. cleats, everything, <laughs> no, he with wasn't. with a, with a pad. I, I think I don't know if they were working on blocks or what they were doing, but he was out there trying to give it to the oh, wide receivers during camp. It was <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen a coach do that in a while, but that's like mad respect for Sean Jefferson, who's a great coach, um, but just a good dude for putting himself in that position to to pad up, man. Especially during training camp, that's pretty cool. Are, are those the old school power shoulder pads he's got on with the, with yeah. the uh, light? bolts going through the middle well, you, you've got to have the extra padding you know like you need those remember like the andy katzamoyer like old like <laughs> linebacker shoulder pads that's probably what you want as an older coach in the league if you're doing these sort of drills by the way sean jefferson played for the chargers correct I believe, uh, yeah i believe so yeah i think he played a lot of years he might have been on that super bowl team in 94 that went to the super bowl and got absolutely blow crushed by yeah. the 49ers i remember i remember leaving a, a super bowl party my uncle took me to early because it was so out of hand at halftime yeah and i believe the that was the one where steve young got you know he got like kind of over that hurdle right yeah 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 take the uh the monkey off my back you know that was he was caught uh, talking uh, to one of his teammates on the sideline i believe the final score of that super bowl was 49 26 if i'm not mistaken it wasn't even that close. I, uh, I think like. it was. Lee, can you double check that? Uh, well, no, no, Sean? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying guessing the score. I'm saying like, what was it at halftime? I feel like it was like 49 to seven. Yeah, or it was, there was like was I think there was garbage time touchdowns by the Chargers. Yeah. Old Stan Humphreys uh, slinging it late in that game to try and help people out if anybody had money. Is Lee here it. today? Outside of yeah. one segment, I feel like he's tw- been pretty quiet. Twenty-eight to ten at halftime. Yeah. Yeah. And God. then the final was 49-26? That is correct. Yeah. And then Sean yeah. Jefferson was on that team? Yes. How about that? How about that? Yeah. So, see, a lot of people thought, man, it's August. What are you guys going to talk about? The Super Bowl from 94? <laughs> what else would we talk about? Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, oh, oh. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as 
an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes Film.com to get tickets now.